There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to the official England podcast. It is game day, people, which means I've had my pre-match pasta and chicken. Three Lions has been on repeat in my household and the England jersey is washed pressed and ready to wear. I've even sat my four-month-old son Oscar down for a pre-match brief so he fully understands the importance of this game. I hope you're all as excited as I am because it is time for our big match day preview show as England head back to Wembley for their group decider against the Czech Republic. I'm Adam Smith and boy do I have an absolutely belting, rip-roaring humdinger of a show for you today. You've most certainly woken up this morning with those pre-match nerves, the butterflies in the stomach, that 8pm kickoff will be consuming your every thought. But I'm here to help you through the day with the help of some guests that I've pulled right out of the top drawer. Remember, this is the only place to get your daily three lines fixed with exclusive access everywhere you turn. Here's what's coming up. We'll be looking ahead to tonight's game against Czech Republic and telling you everything you need to know about our opposition as well as all the permutations of the group. Ahead of the game, England manager Gareth Southgate spoke to the press. Harry has consistently been our top goal scorer's record you know, since we've been in charge. is phenomenal. I'll be chatting to ITV commentator Sam Matterface, who is on matchday duties tonight, to find out what goes into his matchday preparation, as well as getting his insight on the big game and, of course, the tournament so far. And I mentioned, I just had it in front of me, he's a big fan of Murder, She Wrote. Back from injury and straight into the lion's den. We'll hear from centre-back Harry Maguire. Yeah, it's been tough. And then obviously you in the background, um, (laughs) smiling and laughing laughing at me doing them sessions on my own. And I spoke exclusively to a man who was a key member of England's last Euro squad, Adam Lallana. I really do think that the squad now is in such better shape as, as a whole. Right, not to waste any more time, Blow your whistle, ref. Let's get started. You're listening to the official England podcast. First of all, Monday's results mean that the three Lions are guaranteed a place in the Euros knockout stages. But the result today still matters greatly. If England win, they'll top the group, meaning they'll play the runners-up in Group F, who are currently Germany. That game will take place on Tuesday the 29th of June at 5 o'clock at Wembley Stadium. If England draw, they'll finish second in the group, as Czech Republic have a better goal difference. That means they'll face whoever comes second in Group E. That is currently Slovakia, and that game will take place on Monday, June the 28th at five o'clock in Copenhagen. A third place finish, which is already guaranteed, would still send the three lines through, but their last 16 opponents won't be decided until all the group games have been played. And if you followed all of that, then give yourself a pat on the back. Yesterday evening, manager Gareth Southgate spoke to the media. 
Here's what he had to say. Harry has consistently been our top goal scorer's record you know, since we've been in charge. is phenomenal and um, he's a hugely important figure for us. The, the big players have big focus, have a lot more attention and their world is far more complicated than a lot of other players who can sort of go under that radar of pressure and uh, intensity and so I've got a huge understanding of how that is for, for Harry, a huge understanding of having played with you know, big personalities, big players, um, how their world is different and um, hopefully that helps me to manage him and, and uh, to, to get the best out of him, which I think over a long period of time we, ha we have done. Uh, there, are, there are going to be some teams in this tournament who win all three of their group matches, um, but there will only be a few of those and um, the, the objective has been to qualify. I, I think it was important that the players understood firstly, a lot of them now know what a unique game England against Scotland is. Um, no matter what they read about it, no matter what they've heard about it, until you play in one or you're involved in one, you don't really appreciate how unique it is. And of course, let's talk about some news you may have already heard about. Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount have been self-isolating after coming into close contact with Billy Gilmore during the Scotland game. This is the most up-to-date information we currently have at the time of recording, which is 8 o'clock on Monday evening. England have released an official statement. It reads, As a precaution at this time and in consultation with Public Health England, Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount are isolating after interaction with Scotland player Billy Gilmore at Friday's match. The pair will be kept away from the rest of the England players and wider support team pending further discussions with Public Health England. The entire squad had lateral flow tests on Monday afternoon and all were again negative, as was the case with Sunday's UEFA pre-match PCR tests. We will continue to follow all COVID-19 protocols and the UEFA testing regime while remaining in close contact with Public Health England. So that concludes the statement. For ongoing developments, please check out England's social media channels. Now, I can't even walk down the street without someone stopping me at every corner, bellowing, when is the Smithy Stat Attack section coming back to the podcast? So the people have spoken and backed by very popular demand. Here we go. This is everything you statistically need to know to impress your mates about tonight's opponents the Czech Republic. So Czech Republic are ranked 40th in the world. England, incidentally, are fourth in the world rankings. Czech Republic and England were in the same qualifying group for this very tournament, Euro 2020. England won 5-0 at Wembley, whilst the Czechs prevailed 2-1 in Prague. They're facing each other in a major tournament for the very first time. Czech Republic remained winless against England at Wembley, played seven, drawn two, lost five, failing to score in five of those seven matches. But they did play in a very famous game at Wembley, didn't they? That was the final of Euro 96. They lost 2-1 to Germany in extra time following Oliver Bierhoff's golden goal. The first Euros final ever to be decided by golden goal. As for the opposition players, Patrick Schick is certainly their danger man. He has scored in each of his first two Euros appearances for the Czech Republic, netting three goals. Since his international debut in May 2016, Schick has scored 14 goals in 28 appearances for his national team, which is more than any other Czech player. 
And there are a couple of players that West Ham fans will be familiar with in Thomas Suchek and Vladimir Soufal. And they both had good seasons, didn't they? No right-back, incidentally, recorded more assists than West Ham Soufal last season in the English Premier League. That was seven, and that was level with Trent Alexander-Arnold. As for Thomas Suchek, he netted 10 goals for the Hammers in the Premier League last season, the most by a midfielder for the club in a single campaign since Kevin Nolan in 2012 13 season. He was also the player with the most duels won, most tackles won, most interceptions and recoveries for his team last term. As for England, Gareth Southgate is set to take charge of his 57th match as England manager, surpassing the total of Roy Hodgson with 56 in the process. Against Czech Republic, Southgate will also equal the same number of caps he earned as player for the three Lions and is already the only man ever to both play and manage over 50 games for England. That is some record. So that concludes Smithy's stat attack. I'm off for a lie down. Time now for me to introduce my first guest on today's match preview episode. He is one of the most recognisable voices in football. And of course, he will be commentating on tonight's big game at Wembley. I'm, of course, talking about Sam Matterface. Sam, great to have you on the podcast. Firstly, how have you been? It's been a while since we last met up. Yeah, I've been good, thank you. Uh, what an exciting start to the tournament. Maybe uh, England haven't enjoyed Wembley. hasn't been the most... Uh, um, entertaining venue. In fact, I think it's the only venue that's only had one goal so far. All the other venues have had more than that. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I've enjoyed the tournament so far. Been lucky enough to do some great games. I did uh, Germany-Portugal at the weekend, which I thought was excellent. I did the, the, the Belgium's first game and um, I, I've done Italy and they've been really impressive so far. I mean, not only just the first two games where they played their best 11, but that final game against Wales where they made eight changes, I thought they were still high energy, high tempo, well choreographed, a very well coached side. So I think it's been really good. I think some of the, the teams that we expected to blow uh, others away haven't done that. And some that maybe were dark horses have, have performed better. You know, So it was, it's been really interesting. It's been, it's been great to have that noise of fans in the stadium, though, which is just completely given it a, a kick, you know, because I think we've all, you know, we've been lucky enough to go to so many games over the course of the last 13, 14 months. It's been probably kept me on the straight and narrow, really, to be honest with you, in terms of, you know, having a job to go and actually do. I know a lot of people haven't been in that position, so it's been great for us. But it, certainly it's been enhanced by the fact that there's real people in the stadium. I mean, it's made a massive, massive difference. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Now, Sam, there's so much that I want to get into with you. I'm going to talk to you about the tournament and the Czech Republic game and all that in due course. But firstly, I'm intrigued to know, as a commentator, what is your match day routine? Talk us through your sort of your daily preparations going into such a big game. Um, I think my match day routine, I don't really have a match day routine. I don't have a get up, have porridge at eight o'clock, go and do this or that. But I, <laughs> You don't I have do a pre-match meal then? You're not pasta and chicken like the players, no. <laughs> I, do, I do have a pre-match meal, especially the other day I did, you know, I was at the Wembley Hilton and it's very difficult to get out and about. I don't yeah. like to, because of the current situation as well, I'm very nervous about spending too much time in places where I could end up bumping into people. So I'm very much, I spend a lot of time in my hotel room. Okay. Um, and I spend a lot of time studying, watching football and writing lots of notes on a, a, a little notepad. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but I did the other day, I got a big Nando's delivered to the uh, the, the hotel prior to the it's game. It's Nando's, so that's your pre-match meal, is it, Sam? Nando's, the, the cat's Na out the bag. And it was massive as well, because <laughs> I did it? the whole, I did the chips, I did the chicken, I had the, the side salad, I had a starter, nice. I had halloumi sticks, I had everything, yeah, I went well, the whole hog. Medium, lemon and herb, what are you talking? Well, because it was, um, 
because it was game night. It was yeah. definitely medium because right. I think if you if you go too spicy <laughs> on game night, you're in trouble. It's a very good point. Okay, so no sort of rituals or superstitions, but what sort no. of time? You give us insight into what sort of time um, you, you get to the stadium and and how many notes you have in front of you. Put, put us in the mindset of a commentator. Okay, so so basically, what we'll, I'll start preparing for, especially in a major tournament, because we do got a lot of games in quick succession. So it's sort of mm. you're bouncing almost every other day, game to game. You know, this is different because we're not travelling as much as we were. One, because there's games at Wembley, but two, because of the current situation, we're yeah. restricted on how much travel we can do. So a lot of it is bouncing between games and that there's a little bit more time because of the lack of travelling. But we're, I will prepare in advance what I call all my team sheets. So I will go through, do loads of research on players before the tournament starts. Once that tournament starts, I'll start updating as we go along. Um, I have... Um, then uh, what I call a match plan of how I expect the match to go. I oh, have you? things that I will have. Yeah, I, I like to mentally rehearse quite a lot of scenarios as well. Yeah, I picture in my mind what will happen if this happens. How will I deal with this situation? Of course, it doesn't always happen. In fact, it hardly ever happens. <laughs> but I like to be in that mindset where I'm prepared with a kind of idea of what I can say and what I can't say. I think you have to be you know, quite editorial about how you manage the narrative of it, especially when there's so many people watching. Mm. I mean, you know, I must admit, there was I was a bit nervous on Friday night, you know, 20 Were million you? people watched yeah, that. Yeah, it's a lot of people, four. isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of people. And we had loads of voices, you know. We had, so me, Dicko, yeah. Ali McCoyst, Peter Wharton, who does the refereeing. Then we had Scott Brown and Gary Neville coming into the commentary as well. So, we had like an array of voices yeah, yeah. and trying to manage that is quite a sort of tricky scenario, especially when, you know, one stage Scott Brown was talking. I thought, OK, finish now. OK, not another sentence. OK, okay now they're on the edge of the penalty. <laughs> and then he just stopped just as John McGinn did something. I thought, OK, we got away with it. But, um, you know, you're always sort of there was a lot of that management going yeah. on as well, managing the voices and making sure that people don't talk too much. People don't talk, you know, people talk enough. We get the right information across. I have to. I've got loads of information. I've always got far too much information in mm. front of me that I think is relevant. But I, I think one of the things I've had to do is try and filter out stuff. I mean, if you mm. looked at the notes that I made for the England Scotland game, I've got pages and pages of stuff that I've got access to. But it's f picking out the stuff that's relevant at that moment in time yeah, and discard and having the ability to discard it mm. you know sometimes you don't always get that right and I know that you know it's a very subjective thing commentary and some people like you some people don't mm. like you some people enjoy what you do some people I mean you know at the end of the day my job is really just to try and guide you through the match with the key narrative of what's happening and what it means really I think that the other dif different thing is that you know on, on talk sport when I'm working for them we have a very football savvy clued up well-read audience who know exactly what the bigger stories are. So you're trying to provide a little bit of nuance of detail. Okay. Whereas on ITV, you've got, especially at a major tournament, you know, you've got the you know the, the clued up football fan is watching, but that's two three million people. Yes, yeah, and good then point, you've got point, then you've yeah. got probably a good five or six more on top of that, which are you know they know what's going on, but they don't mm. necessarily know too much uh, about uh, Darida who plays. For her to Berlin, um, and then you've got thirteen, maybe ten million people, who, like my sister, for example, mm. who doesn't watch football, doesn't care about football, 
doesn't really ever turn up to watch a game until the major tournaments. And yeah. then they get very excited about yeah. the Euros and the World Cup. So that's half your audience. So you're pitching it slightly differently. You know, it, it, you've got to try and bring everybody along. And again, that is something that we have to try and work on. We can't be too detailed. We've just got to make sure that we bring, you know, the, the, the overarching story is covered, I think. So... You know, it's this a different audience. It's a challenge, yeah. but it's a you know, it's a terrific job. I'm very lucky to be doing. It's it. interesting you say that. I totally agree as well because I think back to the World Cup in Russia, particularly. Obviously, a lot of that is, is how well England did. But but bumping into people in the street that I, I knew or, or friends of friends that I knew had no interest in football that were, were glued to, to England games because it just mm. captures the imagination. I feel that England really does that in major tournaments. I want to pick you up on something you said earlier because it was actually one of my questions that I really wanted to ask you, which was. Do you script or plan out what you might say in advance? I think you, you sort of answered it, but I want, I want to get you to elaborate a little bit more. Or, or are, is it impossible to, to, to script the unknown? So, so when you say that you do think up scenarios, I mean, in a game of football, there could be thousands of scenarios. So, so do you mm. just, is that a case of, of scripting what you might say in a moment then? Yeah, I think scripting is probably the wrong words, right. really, because I don't think, we'd, I don't think it was, I'd say I'd scripted stuff. I, I mean, there might be the odd phrase that I write down and get ready for... Okay. For um, I don't know. Uh, that might be. I, I know for a fact that there'll be a moment on Tuesday evening where I get a shot of Harry Kane, and yeah. I might want to try and sum up as succinctly as possible all the stories that have been doing the rounds recently, uh, and give a bit of context to his performance. That might be relatively early on, so I might have something prepared to say right. for that scenario. I might have something prepared to say when uh, Yaroslav Shilhavi comes to the screen because we might only get one look at the Czech Republic manager yeah. for a, a certain amount of time and it's important to establish who he is and where he has come from and what his standing is. But I might start, I, I th I'll definitely write something for the first uh, couple of moments when Mark will hand to me. Mm. I'll have an idea of what I'm going to say when the game finishes or when the game comes gets to half time but the rest of it is all by bullet points bits of information mm. statistics you know uh scenarios defensive chat this is what's happened in the last couple of games or whatever just so that i've got little statistics to hand you can't remember every statistic no. you don't need all of them you only and it's need how much people, them, so. bits of paper you have in front of you because i mean i'm privy to getting stats packs and things like that that, that i get sent uh, when, when i do various bits of work and it, you, you can have yeah. too much info so how much do you actually you have in front of you do you, do you have to have very, very small handwriting to get it all down uh, yeah i don't ha i don't my handwriting is so rubbish is it that uh yeah it's rubbish <laughs> i mean well, it's not if i really take time over it i can make it look really ni nice and pretty and use different colors <laughs> Okay. But, but but when I go to read it, like I've got a book in front, I have, I have an A5 folder, and the a, on left side I'll have a team sheet yeah. uh, of England. On the other side I'll have Czech Republic, and I'll have little one little line about every, or maybe two little lines of over every player, uh, just to sort of give me a little bit of information and context about what they are. Especially when you're doing a major tournament, uh, you, you know, when you've got that many players there, you, you've got to have. Um, You've got to make sure that you've got your stuff done beforehand, really, because mm. things you haven't got time to do all of that and be involved in all of the press conferences, the interviews, across all of the developments, watch all the games, all that kind of stuff. So I have those two sheets, one on each side, and then I have on my computer, I have parts of the game. So at the beginning of the game, I'd like to give you a wider narrative of what this game means. So there'll be certain things that I'll try and get in to say, two or three key points that I'll want to say during that period. Then later in the game, I'll have what it means. 
and what mm. it means for England here, what it means for England here, and what it means for England here. And that's it, really. I mean, it's, it sounds like there's a lot there, but actually my job is to distill it so it's not that much, so you can't get too distracted. One of the things that we talk about a lot is actually the game takes over. All the writing down that I do, all the sort of scripting of phrases or all the sort of writing little key moments and statistics is all to sort of just go into the head. The truth is, is that 80% of what I write down, I'll never use yeah. on a match day. Yeah. But sometimes, just sometimes, something will come to me. The other night, Manuel Locatelli scored two goals and um, he became the story of the game. Yeah. And I mentioned, I just had it in front of me, he's a big fan of Murder, She Wrote. I, be, I remember hearing that. I remember watching that, yeah. <laughs> and, it, uh, and, it, it was, it, and, then, and then I said, but Lee Dixon said to me, oh, that was a funny, uh, that, that's an odd yeah, statistic to know. And I said, well, there's no doubt who done it tonight. Now, that, that wasn't scripted. That was, that was just off oh, the cuff. Oh, that wasn't scripted? Wow. No, that was, that was just off the cuff. That was just something that just came to me. So it was just the prompt. That it, all, all it said next to Locatelli was, fan of Murder, She Wrote. Fair enough. <laughs> You know, the amount of times I've been sent pictures of Jessica Fletcher since then is unreal. <laughs> I bet. And you said you do your research. Have you been listening to the official England podcast? Has that helped in your preparation at all? Yeah, you know I have. I, I, I listened to it. I thought Carl Walker was really interesting. He was, Despite he? the fact that yeah. he said he was the oldest of the of the group. and the, yeah. But he fancies his chance of beating anyone in the sprint, yeah. which is quite good. <laughs> and he likes, to, he likes to give the boys a bit of banter. That was good. I thought getting to know the, pe- the people behind the England team mm. and the human side, their, their personalities, their experiences, helps you get a little bit more attached to them. That's one of the great things that Gareth has done over the course of the last few years is, is allow the England players to speak to the supporters and make a connection with the supporters. It's mm. really important. Things don't always go well and people will say, you know, that maybe Friday night wasn't perfect. Tournament football is about plotting a path through to as deep as, as you can possibly go and keeping everybody fit and available. And I think, you know, that, that is certainly also in the mind. I think, you know, if, if we needed to win that game against Scotland on Friday, then England might have made some different changes. I think he decided that he was very much happy with the idea of it being a point because that way, you know, you've got the opportunity uh, to go into this match and already be through losing the game. If he had changed it and lost the game on Friday, then things would have been very, very different today. Yeah, that's a very interesting point, actually. Um, and of course, you are a fountain of knowledge, Sam. So uh, looking ahead to the Czech Republic, how do you see this game going? What are the main threats? Give us your sort of insights into this game and the opponents that England face. Well, I think we all go back to that game where England beat them 5-0. Yeah. Um, and everybody thinks that as a result of that, the Czech Republic could be some sort of pushover or could be some sort of pushover. I think you'll find it's a very different team to the one that England dispatched with relative ease on that mm. night at Wembley. Um, that, they say, was their turning point. It made them stare in the mirror. Darry Derry has been talking about that in the last 24 hours. He was saying, you know, the idea uh, of being dismantled the way we were, we weren't comfortable with it. We ripped it all up. We changed the system. We changed the style. They will press in phases of the game. They'll, they'll, they'll really get out England. They won't, mm. they won't just sit back and, and invite England to break them down. They'll try to play when they've got the ball, and they'll try and win it high up at different phases of the game. They won't do it the whole game. They'll do it in pieces. So there mm. might be the first 10 minutes of the game. They'll press high, then they'll drop off. And then they'll do it again later on as the match uh, develops. They're incredibly dangerous from set pieces. Seven goals out of 13 in qualifying came from that route. We all know about Socek and so yep. foul. The threat down the right-hand side is, is, is evident by the way that he gets so forward very quickly and, and, and combines with Mazapust. Um, I think that uh, they changed slightly 
from the Scotland game to the uh, Croatia game by bringing Hollish into midfield, a, a real defensive midfield player. That freed Socek up to move a little bit higher up the pitch. In the first half, they dominated against uh, Croatia, slightly mm. different in the second half. He's he's a he's a great player. We know him from West Ham United. Yeah. But, you know, I think at the back, you can get at them. Mm. You know, Vaklik, uh, Vaslik, the, the goalkeeper, his kicking isn't great. Mm. Pressurise him. I think you can have a bit of joy. Chelutska alongside Kalas. They're not for the, the first choice. Obviously, they had a, an issue uh, which meant that one of their central defenders, their number one central defender, was banned. Uh, as a result of that, Chelutska is, is, is the solution alongside Kalas. I think there are goals there mm. and England should be confident about trying to go and get them. Yeah, and speaking of England, let's get your thoughts on England so far on the tournament and what you make of this squad, the strength and depth we have and, and, and realistically how far you think England can get because I look at this squad and there's so much, so many reasons to be excited about this, this young English squad. Well, look, it's the youngest team that has ever played mm. at a major tournament game when they took the field on Friday night against Scotland. So that shows you. I think this is a squad that is at the beginning of its journey. Um, I'm loathe to get involved in too much hype. I think there was a lot of partisan hype mm. prior to the tournament that didn't really take into consideration the quality of other nations. I think you have to respect the other mm. nations. But there's a lot of Champions League experience now in that team. There's a lot of players who know how to win games. And I think if you look at the work that Gareth and Steve have done about tournament football and plotting a route through a tournament they looked a lot at Portugal how they won the last European Championship yeah. they looked a lot at France steady as you go pragmatic a little bit pragmatic making sure you keep a lot of clean sheets and England keep a lot yes, of clean sheets yeah. you know there, there might have been criticism for some of the, the, the personnel when you think that Harry Maguire hasn't been in the back line but they've mm. kept two clean sheets yeah, at this tournament yeah. so far you know and England do that very well so I, I think you know don't get too excited. Don't get too downbeat. They've got a chance at this tournament. I haven't been frightened by any of the the major nations okay. apart from Italy up yeah. until now. You know, I think France were really disappointing against Hungary. Mm. They should have taken more chances. There was a bit of frustration there. Germany concede goals as well as score yeah, goals. We saw that yeah. in both their games. Yeah. And uh, Belgium... I'm not entirely convinced by their defence. Yeah, interesting. And finally, I want to just end. It's, it's great to have you on. It's so, so many questions and so much insight I wanted to, to get from you. But I suppose my last question is, if you could have commentated on any game in the past, present game that you haven't commented on, one moment in football that you'd have loved to have commentated on, what would it have been and why? England 4, the Netherlands 1. It was the 25th anniversary of that last Friday. It's my favourite game of football I've ever seen. Is it? Wow. It was the best night I've ever had watching <laughs> okay. football. Yeah. I just, I absolutely loved it. It was me and my mate. We, we, we were in the back of his house on a big screen. Well, it wasn't actually a big screen then. I don't think it was a big screen now I say <laughs> but that. But back then it was for you. That it seemed we, like we, a big we were, screen. We, we were eating pizza <laughs> okay. and watching England dismantle the Dutch. Brilliant. Now, I must have been, I can't remember how old I was at the time. I've only been 18 or something like that. <laughs> okay. And prior to that, about 10 years earlier than that, maybe eight years earlier than that, yeah. I'd seen the Dutch absolutely kill us off yeah, you know yeah. we, we they were i mean a couple of times they'd got the better of us i yeah. think you remember in euro 88 they they'd done us um and then in 1990 we'd drawn with them in 1993 they stopped us from qualifying yeah. for the world cup yeah i remember that and that was heartbreaking for for someone 
who at the time was just really properly, really getting into football, going to football on a regular basis. The idea of going to America, which mm. was my plan, to watch England at a World Cup and then that completely falling apart because they weren't going was really sad. It was mm. really heartbreaking. Um, so, um, yeah, that night, play, out playing the Dutch was fantastic. It really was fantastic. Brilliant. The goals were brilliant. Sheringham, Shearer, yeah. you know, the team was great. I, I, loved the, I loved that kit. I love the atmosphere. It was it was it was a balmy hot night. It was brilliant. It was just everything added up for a perfect evening. It was it was just wonderful. It's and a, I, I think if I had had the opportunity to commentate on again, that would be that. It's a brilliant answer. That was the first tournament that I uh, remember. The first tournament I was young enough to remember Euro '96. Such an iconic tournament. And what I loved about that answer is we've had ex players on. We've had um, famous fans, commentators. It's great that you're all still talking about England as a fan and what it means uh, to be a fan of England, even though, as you say, you're, you're at the top of your game commentating on England matches. So, Sam, it's been brilliant to have you on. I know that you've got a very busy day. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're listening to the official England podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yesterday was the turn of centre-back Harry Maguire to step foot into the lion's den. Here's a little taster of that chat between Harry and our very own Josh Denzel. I've been lucky enough to have a front row seat to... Uh... A lot of your, a lot of your sessions, you're working. Are them boys have whipped you into shape, haven't they? Yeah, it's been tough, and then obviously you in the background, um, <laughs> smiling and laughing, <laughs> laughing at me doing them sessions on my own. Um, no, the the rehab sessions are always tough. You you need to work hard. You need to prepare yourself for, for the contact training, and yeah, the the sessions on your own aren't aren't the most pleasurable because a lot don't involve a football, and they involve a lot of lungs and. Um, and running, so yeah, it's nice to be back with the lads and train. The fitness is obviously there, and looks as though the, the touch and, and the ball control, and that, that match sharpness is there as well. Um, you're looking good on that front. Yeah, feeling good. Um, 
obviously the ankle injury, but it's getting stronger. I'm getting more confident. The more sessions I do, uh, the more games I play, I'm sure I'll get more confidence. And that's the thing with these type of injuries. I think it's just about building the confidence. It's all stable now. And I'm, and like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm available and I'm, I'm ready to go. And if you want to catch more of that conversation, you know what to do by now. Check out Lions Den on England's Twitch and YouTube channels live every day at four o'clock. Yesterday, I spoke to a man who was playing for England at the last Euros and is now going to Wembley as a fan to watch England at this Euros. He's still playing Premier League football for Brighton and he was on top form. It is, of course, Adam Lalana. Adam, thanks so much for joining us on the official England podcast. How are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thanks. Cheers, thanks for having me. Yeah, now lots to discuss. I want to get your thoughts on England, the tournament. But before that, we've got to speak a bit about you because you had the honour of representing your country 34 times, three goals, uh, two major tournaments. So how proud were those moments playing for England? Yeah, extreme, extremely proud. It's obviously the pinnacle of, of your career, representing your country, um, representing you know my family. And um, it's probably only when you finish playing for your country that you really look back and kind of think of, of their moments really. really. And I suppose that's what... I've been doing the last few weeks, you know, when I'm supporting England and, um, but it's, you know, it's been really, really enjoyable. Yeah, you've, you've achieved a lot in your career and of course you're still going strong now in the Premier League. You've won the Premier League, the Champions League. Where does making your debut for England, that first moment, rank amongst your career highlights? I think up there, it's a moment you'll never forget. Mine was at home to Chile. We, we lost we lost the game. But um, that that is a, is a massive moment. You know, it's... You know, representing your country, it's what you, you all dream of as when you're kids. It's cliche, but it's it's true. And now that I've finished, it's probably one of the one of the highlights that you kind of look back at with, you know, with joy. Adam, I've been speaking to so many of the players and so many of them making their tournament debut. And what's been so nice is they've been telling me all their stories, individual stories of where they were when they got the call and, and, and just how proud they were. So can you think back to those calls that you got? Because obviously you represented England at a World Cup and a Euros. What that moment is like when you got the call and, and how, how you found out, who you told first? I remember getting my first call up to the squad. Uh, Maurizio Pochettino called me to the office, mm. uh, his office. And I think he had me, Luke Shaw and... Jay Rodriguez in there. I think we all got called up at the same time. So that was nice to experience it with familiar faces because it was quite daunting, you know, going into, into camp for the first time. Um, I'm not sure it is as, is as bad, I'd say as bad or it's different nowadays. I think mm. with the squad being a lot younger, like you kind of said, um, lots of people, uh, lots of players in their first tournament. So they kind of experience it together and it makes it that little bit easier. What was your best moment, would you say, in an England shirt? I think um, probably my first goal, which was Big Sam's one and only game. Yeah, um, I remember that. Fortunately, yeah. you know, I'd I'd come close a number of times, and it was it was um, it felt like it was coming the goal, and to get get in the ninety first minute and, and to score the winner was probably my highlight of, uh, of one of my highlights of my career for England in England. Yeah, anyway. And of course, you got England Player of the Year in 2016. We had we had the Euros uh, in 2016, of course. Um, well, what are your sort of memories of that? And what I want to sort of tap into is, is tournament football and the sort of big challenges that the players are finding. Because obviously, it is a young squad that England have now. So, so what, what are your memories of playing in a tournament and how different it is being in a tournament to, to being in your club? I remember especially the, the French, uh, to the Euros in France. Yeah. Everything was perfect around it, you know, the setup training ground, our facilities, just even, 
sorting out friends and family to come over and tickets everything seemed so easy it was like, oh, like this is the perfect tournament now we've got you know we've got a good squad and yeah it was obviously so disappointing to lose to Iceland I kind of didn't didn't see it coming but I really do think that the squad now is in such better shape as, as a whole uh, as you? a package to, to when we were there yeah um, yeah I do I just I just do I think that the way that they're playing just Gareth's been there a, a long time. They got to the semis in the World Cup. I just think, I just think it's in a better place. A lot, a lot more talent. Do you think there's a lot more strength in depth 100%. now? Do you? Yeah. I think you look at the bench now, and you could put six or seven mm. in the team, and it's not weakened. Yeah, that's, good point. that's what I. That's what I think. I mean, we had four right backs in 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 the squad. Mm. Chilwell or Shaw. I mean, pick either of them. I mean, I, I couldn't pick one of them ahead of the other. Yeah, um, it's true. In the mid. I mean, on the bench, you've got Hendo, obviously, coming back from injury, who's a starter. Marcus is a starter. Uh, Jack is a starter. And these are players that are coming off or on the bench. And I think strength and depth is massive at, at, at tournament football. Um, I think us fans, us punters, need to maybe share a bit more patience mm. um, during, during the tournament. And um, that's what I think everyone needs to do at the moment. Yeah, I read a great article uh, that you wrote this week and you said, what I learned as an England player is that with England, it is always boom or bust. And I thought it was quite applicable because I was looking at the reaction when England beat uh, Croatia and it's football's coming home and then obviously England draw. I mean, I think we forget that England didn't lose to Scotland. We, we drew it and obviously there's there's some disappointment. But do you think that we all need to be a bit more practical and realistic? The fact that England are in a great position still, aren't they? They've got four points from two games, which we'd have all taken, wouldn't we, going into this tournament? Well, you know, exactly. I've, um, I was at both games. Mm. Cro- Croatia was, it was a good result. We weren't blistering. We weren't unbelievable. Uh, it was a hot day. But, you know, everyone does seem to get carried away and say it's coming home. And then I went to the Scotland game and I thought, yeah, I was at that game even, after well. watch, even after watching the Scotland, Scotland's first game, I knew it was going to be difficult. Yeah. And I've played in three Scotland games. So I knew it was going to be tough. And listen, Scotland deserved the point. And there's no embarrassment about that at all. You know, we got a point. It was a good result. On another day, we could have won. On another day, we could have lost. I just think, you know, the reaction is, is, is just over the, over the top. Probably in both matches. I just, yeah. so I just think we yeah. kind of need to just collectively as a country... Um, just realise where we're at. We're two games into the tournament, more or less qualified, um, with a great squad, mm. strength in depth, you know, just get get behind the team, get, be, get behind the players. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And what I love about that story is that you were playing for England the last year as one of England's key players. And now you're going to watch England with your family as a fan. So, so how does that compare? How do the nerves compare to, to, to playing compared to watching as a fan? Do you know what I think I mentioned? Um, I mentioned it in one of one of my columns I'm, I'm doing actually with the Times, like yeah. around the around the Euros, which is really enjoyable. And the last tournament in uh, in Russia, when I missed out mm. through injury, and I wasn't really able to enjoy it because I was probably so close to being there. Oh, Whereas now, um, I really, really can enjoy it. You know, I've, I've been out of international football for two, three years, so I'm going to the games with into one with my boy. Three, uh, the last game with four of my mates, and just really soaking up, walking to the ground. Because you never, as, as a player, you never feel that. You're yeah. always in the ground early, having pre match, and you get security taking you in. 
So just kind of feeling everything and then getting there and just being a proper fan, like, yeah. like you, like anyone else. You know, goal goes in, you're up off your feet. Yeah. So just just being like yourself and and, yeah. and the rest. Probably watching it with a more of a not that I under I understand probably the game a little bit more than <coughs> your average person because I've been there and yeah, so maybe I'm a little bit uh you know, if if one of my mates will say, Ah, oh, he's not having a good game or we need to be there, it's like relax a little bit. It's yeah, a tough game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because we had Jamie Redknapp um on the podcast and he said the same thing. He took his son to the game. He said it's the first time he's ever walked up Wembley Way and gone in as a fan. And he says he, he's been to millions of games, but he just said watching it with his son. And you, you've almost echoed exactly what he said. It's just such a special feeling. So it's great to hear you talk like that. Um, wanted to ask you about a few, you know, a lot of these, these players very well. Of course, you're good mates with Jordan Henderson. How key is it that, that he is now fit? And also how important is he, not just as a player, but as a character? He, he strikes me as a real leader, both on and off the pitch. Yeah, exactly. And the lads will know that. And that's, you know, a big reason why Gareth was waiting and gave him as much time as possible to prove his fitness. He will be, you know, be it'd be massive in that group because he's won. He's a winner. Mm. Um, he's a leader. He's one of the most experienced lads in the camp. And um, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we kind of start seeing him a little bit more now. Another key player, another experienced player, Harry Kane. Of course, not scored yet, but we know that he's such a phenomenal talent, isn't he? You, you've trained with him, you've played with him and against him. Give us an insight into what he's like on the training pitch and and just how good he is. You know, I've had a couple of conversations in the last 48 hours around the subject because he seems to be a big topic at the moment. Mm. And the the way I can just define it as simple terms is if England are going to get half a chance, who who do you want it to fall to? Yeah. It's as simple as that. Um, and that there shouldn't even be a question about his place, um, in my opinion. Mm. And I was I was delighted when Gareth came out. I think it was yesterday and kind of said, "Yeah, of course he's of course he's playing." I thought that was I thought that was tremendous, really, um, just to slam any any doubts down and just kind of get behind his captain. As I said, any half a yard that we can get in and around the box, you just want to fall it to him because he's ruthless, and it's a matter of time before he kind of hits the back of the net. Yeah, well said. I totally agree with that as well. Do you think he will go on to become England's all-time leading scorer? Because his, his, his record's very good, isn't it? And he's got a lot of years left in him. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I just kind of when you when you work with him and you see how he trains and you see his mentality and you see his finishing, mm. his finishing's that you know the best I've probably seen. Yeah, and I got to ask you about Ben White. I wouldn't be doing my job if I'm not asking you about <laughs> Ben White. Everyone in Brighton's so happy. What was he like? Uh, and how pleased were you when you heard that he got the call? Oh, I was delighted. He, you know, he texted me straight away to tell me. And um, did he love that? He did. Yeah. He. Um, oh, I was. I was delighted for him, and it didn't really surprise mm. me. You know, I thought he'd made a great impression in in his first couple of caps. He, he just. He, he just fits in at that level. Mm. Everything from how he looks in the kit to how he looks on the ball. To <laughs> he looks good in the kit, doesn't he? You're right. Everything. He does look good in the kit. <laughs> That's the tan, though. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> um, it couldn't have happened to a nicer boy, really, who's who's got his feet on the ground and and you know works hard day in, day out. Oh, it's nice to hear that. And looking ahead to the Czech game, what have you made of the Czech Republic so far and how difficult a task will this be for England? I, I, I watched their first game against Scotland and it was mm. it was quite a good game. I enjoyed watching it. Obviously, the, the boys scored two in that game. and Chick, yeah. And then he, yeah, and then he scored a penalty the other day. 
So, you know, it's going to be an interesting game. It sounds cliche, but there, there isn't an easy game at international mm. level. That's why when, when the fixtures come out and, you know, people saying, oh, well, Scotland's going to be a walkover 3-0. Having played there and been lucky enough to, to play at that level, there's no walkover. There just mm. isn't. Even, no disrespect to your North Macedonia or to whoever. They, they yeah, they've been unlucky, haven't they, North Macedonia, yeah, I thought. They, they know how to defend. Yeah know how to defend and you know Czech Republic will have more than that so it's going to be tough um, but I do fancy us of course every game I fancy us love that where, where will you be watching it will you be watching it at home or are you we going to see Adam Lallana on Wembley Way with your flag your scarf your hat where, no where you I'm going it? I'm going again I'm going with um, me dad and me me boy actually this time so nice. the late Father's Day day out I think that's a great Father's Day gift, that. And, and what have you made of the tournament so far? I'm just intrigued to know what teams... Um, I know I've heard you speak very very passionately about England and, and their squad. What other teams have you been impressed with in this tournament so far? It's been great to see Genie when the Adam doing so well. Obviously, a former teammate at Holland. Um, of course, yeah. So I'm deli- delighted he's doing well. Do you know what? I was I was delighted for uh, that Scotland are still in it after the, you know, the point the other day. I've mm. got a couple of mates there and I thought they were very unlucky in the first game. Wales got a bit of a soft spot for Wales as well. They're spotting all the teams in Britain, you know, um, in, in the UK. Um, so I'm glad they've got through. Yeah, obviously the, the teams, Germany looked strong the other day against yeah. Portugal, but then Portugal looked strong, Ronaldo scoring, France. The Italians look very well organised and going to be difficult to beat. They look tactic- tactically, they look set up so well. So it's great. I'm just enjoying watch it, watching most games, getting my lad off Fortnite to, to summon <laughs> him into the lounge to, to watch a couple of games and go through them. He loves Foden. So luckily he? he's got blonde. Luckily he's got blonde hair, otherwise he'd want it, he'd want it uh, get it dyed, I think. Uh, so is he not pushing you to get the Foden haircut? Then he's sort of halfway yeah, there already. He's is blonde he? anyway. He's, yeah, he's halfway there <laughs> right. already. So. Is he gonna convince Adam Lalana to get the Foden haircut? Uh, I think I had my midlife crisis four or five years ago. <laughs> 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 but, do you know what it brings me nicely talking about Fortnite there because I spoke to Connor Cody yesterday and he was saying he's trying to get Tyrone Mings out of his room because he's always playing Call of Duty and it's, it's interesting to hear what the players are up to in their downtime so what was Adam Lallana doing to keep himself busy during major tournaments was it Fortnite it was table tennis like, what, what? It, it, yeah it was more um, more Netflix and when we were in France it was there we were playing Wolf all the time we had darts Vardy was big on darts Milner was big on darts yeah in Brazil, it was. I remember Brazil being very, very a lot of boredom in, in Brazil, a lot oh, of really? traveling. Yeah. We were traveling hour and a half to train every day, long flights. That's why I kind of I remember the France tournament being so good because the setup, logistics, everything was so easy for us. Adam, it's been absolutely brilliant getting on the podcast. Um, finally, Cheers, can mate. I get a score prediction for you for the game? I think 2 0. 2 0 England. I think 2-0, yeah. I think Foden's going to score and, and Kane. Love that. 2-0 England, Foden and Kane. Adam, pleasure to speak to you. All the best uh, for the start of the season, which Thanks no doubt we me. will be here before we know it. Thanks, mate. Enjoy the game. Cheers, mate. Top man. Thank you. You're listening to the official England podcast. So that is it. It is now time for us to get ourselves ready for tonight's game. Wherever you're watching it, whether it be at Wembley Stadium or in your front room, let's get behind the boys tonight and make sure they have our full support on what is a huge game. Big thanks to Sam Matterface and Adam Lalana for joining me. Great to speak to both of them. And we'll have plenty more incredible guests and exclusives to come 
throughout the tournament. So if you haven't already, go and hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you listen to so that you never miss an episode. I'll be back tomorrow with all the post-match reaction where I'll be joined by former England striker Emil Heskey and stats guru Duncan Alexander. Trust me, you won't want to miss it. See you tomorrow. Stay safe. And on behalf of the entire nation, come on England. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.